Welcome everyone to the chat. I'm coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans and I am the host for the chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS and it can be live streamed from its website. The chat is also available on Google, Apple, and Spotify podcasts. My guest for the chat today is Melissa Fairbanks. Melissa is currently director for the Center for Business and Economic Development at Indiana University, Columbus. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near, I'm stepping out, cause he wrote. My chat today is with Melissa Fairbanks. Melissa is currently director for the Center for Business and Economic Development at Indiana University. Welcome to the chat, Melissa. Nida, thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about your work, will you? Sure, absolutely. Well, I'm born and raised in Columbus, so working for Indiana University here is really a joy. Um, It's work that is done in an area that we call leadership development. Mm -hmm. So I really serve as kind of an ambassador, you might say, of the campus here in Columbus to the southern Indiana area. And so I work and partner with corporations, help them with developing leaders. And that is a big part of economic development, of course. We want our companies to thrive and we want all the organizations here, whether it's nonprofits or corporations or just individuals, to be at their very best. And so if there's an area where they feel like they need some training, I try to bring that to them. So we customize things for them, and I can use the utilization of that entire campus of professors and really interesting people uh, who do a lot of research in certain areas, and I can bring that into our local companies and our local organizations. How long have you done this? This is my sixth year uh, with Indiana University. In the past, I also worked for Tulane University doing something similar. So You're quite a busy lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something I really enjoy, and it does kind of weave in and out. You know, I always tease and say I, it's amazing. I appreciate the fact they pay me to do this, you know, <laughs> because yes. I like to volunteer in areas that I also do some of this work, too. So it's really followed me throughout my career and my life. Will you tell us about your family? Absolutely. So I was born and raised here, Bartholomew County. Uh, grew up on the west side of town um, on a farm. So I grew up on uh, a beef cattle farm, and I have a brother and sister, and I'm now married, been married 35 years. Mm-hmm. We have two sons, grown, both married. Um, so I, I do call Columbus home, but in that lifetime, I also lived in Tampa uh, for three years and also lived in New Orleans for seven. So that was very, very interesting, too, for me, and it, it certainly en- enriched my life. Well, let's talk about your walk with Jesus. Will you tell us your testimony? We want to hear about that. Absolutely, Nida. So, you know, I grew up, like I said, in Columbus, and both my parents and grandparents, I come from a Christian home, uh, was very much influenced by uh, their choices in life, and I, you know, went to church regularly. And and since it was Columbus, those of you that know about our architecture— certainly was surrounded by beautiful spaces, you know, sanctuaries that were certainly exquisite. But as a child growing up in those places and attending church, I felt that Holy Spirit's touch. That's the only way I can describe it. I, The music and the words and, and all of those things came together to me in some beautiful services uh, in a variety of churches. I had a home church here in, in Columbus, but um, also was blessed to be have those experiences in other places. So That touched me at an early time in my life, and then all of a sudden I found myself in fifth grade, and there was a confirmation class, and I was asked if I wanted to attend. It wasn't a Sunday morning class. It was set outside of the normal services, and when my family, you know, being a Christian is a choice, and so no one ever said you have to go, and I was so grateful for that. Now as an adult looking back, um, that pattern of making choices for a relationship with Christ is very firm in my, my upbringing. So in fifth grade, I remember getting back into the car after one of those uh, hours we'd spend uh, on lessons. We did two or three of those visits where we would have the opportunity to decide if we wanted to make a decision to have a relationship with Christ. And that's what it meant when I was brought up, when you were confirmed. It was confirming your belief. You believe in God and that you do want to make this path. And I got in the car and I told my mother that I was very disappointed. I said, you know, all of these other people, they're not listening. These kids are not listening. And I said... (laughs) 
I said, this is very important. And it took everything for my mother not to chuckle and laugh. And she said, you took it very seriously. And I said, I, I still do. And, you know, I'm 57 now. And I remember those moments in the in the car with my mother and, and saying that this made sense. This was important. I was learning a lot. And I appreciated it. And I did want to be a Christian. And so to me, that was a pivotal point. But I would say, you know, in my testimony, it, it goes on from there, right? It's not just one decision. For me, it was multiple decisions, multiple choices over my life. I had to pivot. I might be given a choice in junior high or high school. I made good choices and I made bad choices, but I always felt like God was with me. God was there for me to talk to. God was there for that personal relationship when I had a struggle. So there's there's a real uh, point in a person's life where you maybe make that one decision, and some people call that you're saved. Some people say you have a personal relationship. So I remember that moment. But I also remember all the other moments where I continued to make that decision. And I continue to trust that he is the foundation of my life. And that's where I go for guidance. It sounds like you have a current relationship with Christ. I do. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think I've never swayed from that. He's always been there. Uh, and if you know me very well, um, for instance, people will say, you know, you have some joy in your life. And I'm known for smiling a lot and being very upbeat. Um, but in my heart, I know where that comes from. Mm. It's not something I do um, just to be nice. It's not something mm -hmm. I do um, that's unnatural. I feel like it really does come from the joy that I have in the Lord, the joy that I have that I know that comes from him. So that that is sustainable. That is something that isn't fake or isn't put on. That's something that he br really brings to my life. And I try to share that and I try to mo make the most of every day. Quite often, once we come to know Christ, he builds into us a passion for something, something that we become extra interested in and want to work in. Has God given you a passion for anything? Oh, absolutely. Um, there, there are some things that have woven into my life, um, like youth, children are very important. Um, I knew that at a young age when I was in high school and, and college that I wanted to have a family and I wanted to have children and I hope that God would bless me in that way. So activities around children, uh, my husband and I both are very, very involved in those types of activities. Also, when it comes to either music education or just education in general, um, I'm always there if there's an opportunity to teach either a child or an adult or give someone the opportunities that I had where I didn't know what questions to ask. But people would step into my life and educate me, and then I'd say, oh, okay, maybe I do want to do that. But if we don't educate people, they don't have a chance to make decisions. So that's important. And then I also am extremely passionate about basic needs and making sure um, I'm involved in things like the Red Cross and humanitarian efforts where if people aren't fed, if they don't have food, they can't concentrate in school. You know, if they don't have the clothing, to a coat to wear in the winter, things like that. So I'm very, very passionate about that. And I think all of that, again, comes from my relationship with Christ and knowing I've been blessed in many ways. How can I share that with others? What can I do with what God's given me? So my passions and the things that are really important to me and my husband um, are around th things that I feel God has given me that I can share. Two certainly very important areas to be compassionate about. Well, Nida, I'll tell you, I, I didn't mention this, but years ago, uh, a wonderful friend said, you know, have you ever thought about having a family motto? And our family motto from 15, 20 years ago is hands to work, hearts to God. And that really has stuck. You know, sometimes people will shift. But for us, for our family, for me personally, my passions are in that. You know, hands to work to me says, Melissa, what are you doing for others today? What are you doing to make somebody's life better? Little things. It doesn't mean you don't have to be the million dollar donor. You can be the person that pauses to say thank you or pauses to say, you know, I really like your shirt today. That's really pretty. You know, those kinds of things make a difference in people's lives. So hands to work is really what you are, can accomplish. You know, even those people who might be at home and not able to leave, you can make a phone call, you know, that kind of thing. So and I think always keeping my heart focused on God and what he would want to do. So I really like that family model. Mm. Well, the chat has a theme song called Stepping Out. And in it, it talks about uh, getting out of the boat of faith, kind of like Peter did, you know, when he wanted to walk on the water to Jesus. So that with that in mind, has there been an area in your life where God has tested you and wanted you to step out of the boat of faith? Oh, absolutely. Um, 
you know, I, one of my favorite authors is Max Licato, and he's got some books that, that drift in that direction, and also uh, John Ortenberg, you know, mm-hmm. has Getting Out of the Boat. And so I, I've all through my lifetime said, where can I step out of the boat? That's truly something I embrace. And even in college, I had a wonderful professor who had that conversation with me and said, Melissa, have you ever thought about grad school? No one in my family had. And guess what? She suggested four states away, two schools she thought I should look at. She thought I'd be great as a a student instructor. And I really thought, who is she talking to? What is she? (laughs) She lost her mind, you know. Now, this is a woman that has been a mentor to me now for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And she also actually became an Episcopal priest later in her life. So she had that Mm -hmm. heart for God. She, She saw students and took them places. And so I stepped out of the boat. I decided to go to University of South Florida and found myself in Tampa. And guess what? That's where I met my husband. And we've been married 35 years. So if I didn't step out of the boat and leave the state and do something completely, I mean, talk about scared. You know, and even my mother said, you know, I, my mother put her sunglasses on when it was time for me to leave because she said, I didn't want to cry. I didn't want you to think I was that scared for you. Because oh. She said, I knew that this was what, you know, you were called to do. You needed to do it. But she said, I didn't have it in me to do it. So, so it, it's it's really important. We know when to step out of the boat, when we feel like it's the right decision. You know, we don't step out of the boat unless we know. We don't step out of the boat unless we pray about it, we think about it, we ask those people around us that we trust, is this a good idea? Um, I, I think stepping out of the boat, though, is where great joy can come from, and, and God can take us to amazing places when we do that. True, so true. Well, I want to know about your prayer life is there a place that you go to each day to have a special alone time with God? Or are you like many people who, many women who pray in different places, their car and various other place, places? Well, I, I think it's reflective of my life. You know, I do, there are a lot of places I find myself, you know, walking into a meeting or uh, presenting. I facilitate a lot of discussions. And so finding myself in front of 50 people or 500 people is, is common for me. And there's a lot of prayer time that goes on in the car before I get there or right before I have a conversation. And it's okay to be scared, right? But that prayer time, I think, positioned in the right places throughout the day keeps you focused. Mm-hmm. So that that's certainly a part of my life. But mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, I don't know if you remember the movie, uh, was it War Room? Yes. Yes, years ago. And that really hit me because I thought, you know, it's so true, having a specific space. So I'm not running around the house or running around my office trying to find the books or the the tools, you know, the pens or whatever. So I have a chair in my bedroom, but, you know, it, it seems to get full of pillows, and it's, it, just, yeah. it just doesn't seem to work. Sure. So what works for me is my, my screen porch, the patio mm-hmm. area. And the backside of my house looks out onto trees, and there's also some water. There's a lake back there. And so mm-hmm. having that time with God where I'm close to nature, I think having grown up on a farm, walking a you know gravel lane and things like that, um, that's part of my childhood. So taking me to a place where I can see the squirrels and see the deer and see the, you know, all those things really helps me feel closer to God. So I have a lot of peace in those places, but my porch is really special to me. Aww. Well, will you take, take us through a day of praying with God? Start in the morning, maybe before you get out of bed. Do you talk to the Lord? Just take us through the day and then before you go to bed at night. Some people pray, you know, on their uh, pillow at night uh, before they close their eyes. Just take us through Melissa's day. Absolutely. So first thing in the morning, what's interesting, and and my husband noted after being married to me for a couple days, the minute my eyes open. I'm, I'm awake and I'm ready, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I found that focusing on God right away and before I put my feet on the floor is really important. You know, what kind of day am I going to have? And uh, there's a lot of research behind not lingering, making sure you take that step, whatever it is, stepping toward a prayer, stepping toward taking a shower. Don't hit that snooze button, you know, because we tend to drift back. We might want to go back to sleep. We might want to hesitate on our day. So I, I'm a real believer in waking up and saying, thank you, God, for this day. You know, my grandmother used to say, hey, I woke up on the right side of the dirt today. And there's a lot to be said for that. But I, I, I consciously do that. And like I said, when we were only married a couple of days, my husband noted that, you know, you wake up with this bright smile. You know, I was asking him things like, how was your shower? He said, my shower's fine, you know. <laughs> but that, that's, I think, important is to set your mindset. So I do that. 
Um, as I flow through the day, I definitely take moments, like I said earlier, to just pause and to just think about, okay, I'm doing something that may not seem like, you know, is this something to pray about? But I tend to do that. I step back and say, okay, here I go into this meeting or into this situation. And I try to take God with me when I do that. Um, as I come to the end of the day, that is truly when I like to sit on my porch. Mm -hmm. I like to have a few moments and I think my husband recognizes that. He does a good job. We'll we'll chat or we'll play cards together, something like that there. But then he'll step away and he'll he'll do something else and I have that opportunity for some quiet time and and he appreciates that. So I think support of the people around you is really important and he gives me that. So um I'm not going to say that it's all sweet and roses. Um sometimes I cry out, you know, there are those moments I think uh where you have to say wait, you know, Satan get away from me or you cry out and you say god, why is this happening? What in the world? You know, horrible things, unfortunately, happen in this world. And that's not God's will. He doesn't want that to happen. But I pray about those things. And I do cry out to him. That's what friends do. You know, if he and I are, are friends as well as if he's Lord of my life, am I willing to say, I don't understand this? Why is this happening? Right? But the beauty is in prayer, he comforts us. He gives us that peace. And so that's how prayer works in my life. I, I use that. Maybe maybe that's a little selfish, but I say, all right, God, help me get from this place of anger to this place of where I can calm down and I can be at peace and know that I can move forward. Are there any prayers you pray specifically for yourself? You know, when you're praying for yourself and making time to wait on the Lord, I think it's important for me, I pray that, of course, things like world peace and people have enough food, things like that are, are very important. But when I look at myself, I think, please, Lord, help me to do your will. Please help me to make choices that will be for your glory, for things that make a difference in other people's lives, so that my time on this earth, which I don't believe is the end of the story, um, my time here, though, will be worthwhile that I was created to do something, and I want to do what you want me to do. And sometimes, you know, I think I have all the ideas. I think I have all the answers, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I really yeah. pray that he helps me figure out where he's going to use me. If God were to come to you today, Melissa, tap you on the shoulder and say, well, Miss Melissa, if I can answer one prayer for you today, what would that prayer be? think it goes back to that overarching look at my life. If, if I could say, Lord, when I'm in my rocking chair, I'm not going to say an age, but let's just say a ripe <laughs> old age, that he and I could look at my calendar and he'd be proud of me. He'd say, Melissa, good job on those choices. That was time well spent. You know, if, you, if you're going to be doing some of these things, why did you choose them? Did you choose them to make a difference, right? And that doesn't mean that everything I do has something to do, for instance, with a formal church activity. But if, I, if I'm in the community and I'm doing something, did I do what Jesus would do? It's that, what would Jesus do, right? It, it is that, am I presenting myself? Am I helping other people? My calendar shows that I made good choices with my time. If, if at the end of my life he can say that, that that's, that's my prayer. In all of this, if I could ask you, has God ever disappointed you? What would you say? At the time, I thought, you know, it was disappointing. Um, when I was a teenager, my parents divorced. And I, you know, going through your junior high, high school years in that situation, I wanted my parents to be in the same household. Uh, but for very good reasons, they were not. So out of that situation, though, I do feel like God answered my prayer for a stable relationship later with my husband. And so, you know, I, I've had moments of being disappointed. But what's incredible is after the fact, if we we'll just be patient, God will open up doors. God will show you, OK, out of this situation that God didn't want either. Right. But it happened. So where do we go next? What happens next? And that's where that I go from disappointment to this incredible situation. I couldn't even imagine. I don't know the great things God has ahead of either me or for my community, my friends, family. But as you watch God unfold these things and you're so disappointed in the beginning, I think through prayer and having that relationship with him, you see where you're going. You see the future and how beautiful those things are. So I try to remind myself when I'm disappointed, hey, wait a minute, maybe I don't have all the answers. Maybe I don't know the whole picture. But when this is over, I know that God has great things planned. I don't know what they are necessarily, but I know this is going to finish well. 
I'm enjoying our chat, Melissa, but right now we've got to take a break. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is We're back near. with the chat, and I'm chatting with Melissa Fairbanks. And we're just having a high old time, aren't we, Melissa? We are, Nida. It's such a joy. Thank you. You're welcome. We want to get into blessings now. I know God has blessed you many, many, many countless times throughout your life. Will you tell us about the two greatest blessings that God has bestowed on you? Well, I would have to start with definitely uh, my family, my husband, that relationship that we have. I I understand what a core relationship that is. And we decided very early on in our marriage that we would have a covenant marriage. And so some of the things we've done now, I just, I understand now even more what a blessing is in my life. And, you know, when I say things like, hey, I I heard about this family life weekend to remember thing that that couples can go to, or, hey, do you want to go to this great Christian concert? There's this concert in Nashville. You know, when I bring things up, he says, yes. He's like, if it makes you happy. I want to go. And he goes and loves it too, but I'm just saying he's willing to see the smile on my face and do things that might make me really happy. So he, he's such an incredible blessing. And the same thing, you know, I'd, I'd add on there with two sons, you know, often people would say, now, Melissa, you know, are you going to ha- try to have another child, have a daughter, you know? And I would chuckle and I'd say, you know what? Someday I'll have daughter-in-laws, you know? And, and I, I loved being the mother of two sons. Absolutely loved it, embraced it. But I got to tell you, the biggest blessing lately is that both my sons are now married in the last few years, uh, and it's just so much fun. And why people say daughter in love instead of daughter in law, I get it. You know, these two women—they're, you know, as we say, they're unique and wonderfully made. They're fascinating to me. I've, I've not been around young women, you know, like this because I had the boys and all their friends around the house, and so I'm really enjoying that. My relationship with my mother-in-law was so positive. She and I had some similarities. We had some things that we didn't necessarily agree on, but we also had so many similarities, and I honestly had fun with her. So it's fun for me now to have that relationship with my daughter-in-law. That's an extra special blessing, isn't it? Is. it? When, <laughs> your, when your daughter-in-laws be, can, can become your friends. Absolutely. I'm enjoying them so much. Let's talk about your devotion time are there any devotionals that you use during that time? Just just tell us about that. Sure, sure. Um, I do tend to think that it's important to start with the Bible. So devotion time for me, if I choose something outside of the Bible, it's going to be something that has scripture we, you know, woven in. There's a lot of scripture, and it's tying back. It, it may be great stories, but it's tying back to that. So I really appreciate Max Lucado. Um, Grace for the Moment is one I seem to pick up over and over again. And I also will, it's a good travel size, so it's good to put my purse or put my bag. Um, but right now, this summer, I've started back on becoming the woman of God wants me to be. Um, and, and that's the Proverbs 31. Um, it's basically a 90-day step through. And it's got really nice short lessons and does have scripture woven. And, you know, it's interesting because being a Proverbs 31 woman and also a career woman, and someone who values education and being out there outside of the home, sometimes people think, well, how can you be a Proverbs 31 woman? Isn't, you know, isn't that just about things like being modest and things like that? And I say, yes, it is, and that's important. But it also teaches things like financial management and understanding how that works in the home and works in the business world and understanding a spreadsheet. And, you know, there's so many great lessons. So I'm really appreciating that devotional. Besides devotionals, do you sing? <laughs> if you're like me, I actually, but but my closet door is closed during that time. <laughs> but I actually sing songs, hymns, whatever comes to mind that glorifies God. Do you happen to sing during that time or anything else that you didn't say? Nida, you know, that's funny because I do tend to listen to music. I do sing. <laughs> I sang in high school choirs and junior high also. And so I don't, I, I don't think I'm known for being a singer, uh, but my mother had a beautiful voice and I heard her singing in church. And so I do have that, that in the back of my mind. And I'm always in a lot of the hymns, like you said, a lot of the hymns um, come to mind when I'm doing my devotions. And so I'll either listen to them on, you know, my phone or I will sing them myself. But like you, it's, I'm not a professional, but that's not what God wants. He wants that's a heart. Right. 
He, yeah, he wants to hear from your heart, mm-hmm. not some other things that, that don't matter. Ten Commandments. Now, I want to talk to you and listen real closely about your answer to this. Of the Ten Commandments, which one is the hardest for you to keep? The Ten Commandments are such an interesting list. It's a list of things that I think uh, people tend to say, well, don't cheat, don't steal, don't, you know. But truly, all of them, you know, remind me that we all fall short. And so if I'm doing something, even the smallest thing, am I going to take that pencil? Am I going to take more, you know, paper clips than I should? I think it's very, very important. And when the Ten Commandments come up, and they often do, and people say, well, which one of those? Have you broken any of those? All of those things, right? We either, if we think upon them, that isn't good either, you know? So for me, all of the Ten Commandments are important. And I think um, making sure that I'm honest, you know, and, and you would think, oh, you wouldn't steal. No, but but am I being honest with myself? Am I being honest with God? Am I being honest with this person? That's incredibly important to me. So when the Ten Commandments come up, I always make sure that it's very clear that we all have the capability. And so some of my friends have overcome some incredible things. You know, I have friends who have, are recovering alcoholics. I have friends who've recovered from drug addiction. I have friends who've real, they're real overcomers. And so that list doesn't scare me because I say, you know, we all fall short. So how can we all do better? And so none of those are any worse than the others. Um, we're all capable, you know, we're, we all have a sinful nature in my mind. So um, to me, that's, that's something that we all should think about. We all should work on. And we should all remember that just because some of those might be broken, doesn't mean that God can't redeem that situation and make better. I'm going to hold you to an answer for that one, Melissa. Okay. But of the 10, yes, they're all important for us to keep. But of the 10, is there one that's harder for you? Maybe not, but is there? I really don't break them out. Nida, I really don't. Um, I just feel like it. if I do that for me personally, that what I'm doing is saying one is worse than the other, or somehow I'm better because I haven't stolen, or because I haven't, you know, been in jail, something like that, where I, I've done some volunteering in the jail here locally in our community, and done a wonderful weekend where it's, um, it's meant to lift people up. And as I look into the eyes of people that are serving time, you know, I really think there, but by the grace of God, go I. And so I think having that perspective on all of those Ten Commandments and realizing none of us are any better than the others. We all have so many similarities in that area. And so it it is a possibility. And and I just pray for them in any situation. So like I said, I have a lot of friends that have a lot of challenges. And that's okay. We all do. Of the nine fruits of the Spirit, which one would you rate yourself the highest on? on? Well, I would say joy. I get teased a lot about joy. <laughs> yeah. I wake up yeah. smiling and I'm laughing. This is just who I am. I even tease, you know, our vice chancellor at IU. I say, listen, you got to watch me because even if things are really tough, I'm going to keep smiling. So I, you won't know when I'm having a bad day. Um, and it's true. Over my whole life, that's been true. So I think I, would, I really own the joy <laughs> and I work on it. Um, it doesn't mean that my life's been easy. I think on the outside, people try to judge and assume and look at things and say, well, she's got this, or she's from this background, or she's, no, that's not the way it works. It's a decision every single day to choose joy. And I have always done that um, for a variety of reasons, probably because of some of those really tough things I've been through. I don't have a reason to talk about it all the time or dwell on it because my God is greater than that. My God is going to make it, he's going to make it better. He's going to redeem that. And that's why I think I have the joy that I have, not because it's been easy, but because I really make a concerted effort. Which one would you rate yourself the lowest in? I would say uh, peace. It's something I'm always working to do better. Because, you know, I'm a typical type A, oldest child, you know, I try to achieve, I try to do better. And when you get caught up in that, if you let yourself, then you'll find that you're always not settled. There's always something better. And I just remember even when I lived in New Orleans, I was in my 20s and John and I had great jobs. And I remember saying, Mom, I just wish I was closer to home. You know, I wish, you know, I had they'd come visit, you know, we'd see each other, be home for holidays. But I really miss being home. And she said to me, Melissa, just live in the moment. This is an opportunity. You don't know. You may be there a while. You may not have this opportunity ever again. 
experience the food, the place, the people, make the most of it. And so that those kinds of lessons and understanding that God gives us the greatest peace. And so if I can just try to improve that area of my life, I think that flows into many other things. So peace is something I'm always trying to achieve. Do you have a life first? I do. It's been my life first since high school, really. I I made the decision, um, and it's in a variety of places in my home, be still and know that I am God. And having a personality like I have, I I tend to bounce into a room, and I'm, you know, kind of a bigger-than-life person. Um, But So I have to think about that. I have to say, okay, wait a minute. Be still, Melissa. Let's think about what is it God wants right now. He is God. He's got this in the tough times. He's going to manage this with you. And so that's important. So Psalm 4610. Can you tell us if you are studying a particular book of the Bible now? Or are you just moving in different areas in Scripture? Where are you at right now on reading God's Word? Well, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier uh, about my sons being married and daughter-in-laws. I'm definitely in that transition time from mom and wife to now what, I, what I'm going to be called Mimi, Mimi <laughs> and wife. And having my first you know, grandson born this year um, has really made that transition very obvious. And so studying Ruth and thinking about Ruth and Naomi and thinking about their relationship with each other. My mother-in-law passed a few years ago, so she didn't get to see that next grandchild. And so I think understanding their relationship and devotion to each other and how very, very faithful Ruth was to God and understanding how that persistence and that faithfulness played out in her life. If I can try to do that as I move forward, I think that would be a wonderful role model. Yeah, I'm spending some time in Ruth's short book, but it's a great, you know, Mm -hmm. the lessons there I think right now for my life are really important. As you're speaking about Ruth and Naomi, and as we talk about a favorite woman or two in the Bible, can you tell us what your favorite woman's name is? There are so many, right, Melissa? There are so many. exactly. And I just love Ruth. Mm -hmm. I mean, that to me, Mm -hmm. and my grandmother's best friend's name was Ruth. um, Mm -hmm. So I remember that from being a child. Um, I also love the story of Esther, you know, having the situation that she was put in and understanding Mm -hmm. that she was going to be able to move forward. So I think Esther and Ruth, I think Mm -hmm. those two. Can you tell us one of your favorite biblical accounts? Oh, absolutely. So I, I would say the road to Emmaus and that story in Luke, that's Luke 24. That story is such a story. It's hope, it's healing. It reminds me to constantly seek God and his presence and the peace that it brings. You know, that story, you just got to chuckle. Wow. I mean, there's Jesus on the road with you and you're just walking along and you don't mm. recognize him. I mean, <laughs> really? <laughs> so I, I just love the story because there's so many lessons in that, you know, opening our eyes and looking around us and being aware. But at that point, you know, they were where they were. Right. And then their eyes were open later. And so I think that story brings a lot to me, um, understanding that what was said in the scriptures and he's he's Jesus is telling them these stories and he's opening up the scriptures to them. Here's what's happened. And they didn't see it, but yet they did later. So sometimes I read scripture and think, what does this mean? What, why is this written this way? How does this fit? But this is why I try to go back to the devotions and try to seek great counsel, you know, listening to, to different people speak about stories from the Bible who've studied it. You know, they've actually spent years and years in seminary or years and years studying. That's very helpful to me. So those two men on the road to Emmaus couldn't understand it. Jesus was explaining, it's okay if it takes me a a couple minutes or a couple different people's input to really get the story. Why, sure. Yeah, yeah, that is an important one, though. And Mm -hmm. it speaks to all of us Mm -hmm. about Oh, it does. And and I've actually been on, uh, it's called many different names, but the walk to Emmaus. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I've been on a walk, uh, Table of Elizabeth, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll mm-hmm. never forget that experience. It was it was very important to my life. It was important. My husband and I both went through different weekends, and it really allowed us to focus. You know, thinking about being on that road and how, where are you going to go? You know, they call it your fourth day. What are you going to do? And that's important. So I really this this story was important to me before I did that experience that weekend experience, but certainly in the in the fifteen years after. Help me to really say, you know, how do I love God? What am I going to do with my life that's going to make a difference? And so the the story and also my experiences have, have helped me do that. Did I just hear you, you, you say 
table of Elizabeth because <laughs> I was at table of Elizabeth too. <laughs> only mine was only probably seven or eight years ago. So, but hey, there you go. we're yes. sisters yes. for sure Absolutely. sitting at the same table. <laughs> yes. Melissa, let's now get into mentoring. Have you had any mentors in your life? I certainly have. I, I mentioned one in college. Yes. You know, she was an amazing professor who went on later, which just, you know, didn't surprise me at the time when she told me she was making this transition. It did. But now as I look back, it makes perfect sense that she would go into the ministry. Um, but I've also had several friends over my lifetime. And I think as a woman, having someone that you cherish and that you can talk to and that you really feel like knows your heart, not necessarily a family member, but somebody outside your family who maybe brings a different perspective. Um, and I have some very special friends that are women, a handful of women that I know that I can trust and I can ask questions and they see me for who I am. Uh, they're very non-judgmental and they mentor me in areas where I say, hey, I'm struggling with this. What do you think? Um, that's very important. And, and some don't even live in this state. You know, they live far away and and we have these conversations, either texting or phone calls and visits where we really focus and say, you know, on this important topic. Or we pray for each other over the phone, which is really nice, too. Oh, the importance of mentors, right? Yes, yes. I'm enjoying our chat together, Melissa, but we've got to take a break. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out, out of the boat. We're back with the chat with Melissa Fairbanks, and we are just getting ready to get into the struggles that she's had in her life. Melissa, I know you, like all of us women, have had struggles. and Well, actually, human beings, period. We all, as human beings, have had struggles. What have been some, or at least one, struggle in your life? Well, I think early on... Um, some things that happened caused me, and I, I mentioned my parents divorcing in high school, but also some things that occurred that I had, you know, nothing to do with, but they were forced in front of me. So example, uh, for example, when I was young, uh, we had a beef cattle farm and our barn burned to the ground on Halloween. Now, wow. yeah, I, t I tell you that back then we didn't know, did somebody set it? Maybe not. Um, but that appeared to be the case. And my my mother had such an incredible attitude. You know, she was in charge of making sure every spring that we sold the cattle and people would buy, you know, half a cow or a full cow. So it was, you would call her business as she was raising us as children. And I remember her attitude because others were saying, oh, it's the first of November. You've got 40 or 50 head of cattle and you're going to have to sell them because you don't have any hay now. It's all burned. You have no barn. You're going to have to sell them. And my mother, Christian woman that she was, stepped back and said, no, wait a minute. I think I can do this. With God's help, I can do this. Three weeks later, guess what? We have a barn, a pole barn. We have a beautiful barn that's still there today. Mm. And it was full of hay, and we had, you know, protection for the cattle. And I think that really set the pace. I didn't know it. She didn't talk about it. She didn't say things like, oh, God's going to take care of this. She knew in her heart. But what she did was she used the gifts God gave her, and she said, I can make a phone call. I can find out if there's a company that could do this. She had the financial resources. She figured out how to do it. And even though no one else wanted to help because they really didn't believe it was, you know, you could do it. They just thought, oh, this is the end, you know. And she stepped out. So I think that has helped me as I look at struggles or times of discouragement in my life. That set me on the pace. So as things confronted me, like the divorce in my family or this, this uh, barn that burned down, um, I was able to say, you know what, it's going to be okay. We're all human. We all fall short. So I might be struggling right now, but God's got greater things in the future. He's going to build that barn. He's going to fill it with hay, and it's going to be fine. Mm. So um, that's how I respond in struggles. And sometimes it may appear that, that I'm just very calm, and is she really feeling this? When in reality, I understand the devastation, but I make a decision, okay, that's not going to hold me back. I may have moments where I still go back and I'm sad or I'm, you know, I certainly have those emotions. But I really try to say, okay, that is not going to be what takes me down. I am an overcomer. And that's because of Christ. That's because of what he puts in your heart and says, you know what, we're going to be fine together. And so that's, that's my approach to struggles in life. And um, doesn't mean I don't get upset. Doesn't mean I don't, you know, have that going on. But as my mother did, you just pick up the pieces and you say, you know what, those cattle need a home and we're going to figure this out. And that played out over my life, whether it was high school, college, in my marriage, 
no matter what happens, my husband and I come together and say, okay, what are we going to do here? And same thing with my sons. When we talk about things, I'd say, okay, here's the situation you're describing. Don't settle. What are you going to do next? Are you going to pivot? Are you going to make a different choice now? What matters is the future. Are you making the best choice? Is this what God has planned for your future? Um, and so that's that's the way I describe the way I, I handle areas of, that I feel, you know, it can be discouraging. But, you know, you hear people say it, but it's true. God is good all the time. So even in that, you know, barn burning, look what happened. Now my, my brother has, has animals out there, has for years. We've enjoyed hay rides. That place that could have been so sad has been full of joy. Has The next generation has enjoyed it. So, you know, all the time. In those times of struggle, has God brought to mind any particular scriptures? Can you think of any scriptures that he's given you at those times? That's where we go back to my life. Okay. That is where we go back and we say, right, be still. Don't be discouraged. Don't go off on the wrong path. And never forget the old faithful verse, right? So right. God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. And that helps me to see that I'm, I need to be a future. And when I say future, I mean eternity. I mean, let's not think this part of my story is everything. What's going on in this world isn't the end. Let's be thinking about eternity. And if I do that, those times of discouragement don't seem like they're so important. They feel like a very small part of the story. Is there a specific song that means a lot to you today or that God has brought to you when you have been struggling or whatever? What about you? Does he give you a song or has he given you songs in the past that you just are blessed to get to listen to? Well, I'll tell you, I... I do tend, I come from a very ecumenical, meaning lots of different types of music too, right? But I love a good old hymn. I just love it. And it stirs my heart. And to hear people, you know, I grew up when, when Sandy Patty and Larnell Harris and these voices that just were so angelic, right? And we have them now too. But so those hymns are really important. So Amazing Grace, you know, is there anything better than hearing, you know, some of the songs that come out of these professional voices that are so based in scripture. So I love those. But really, right now, um, coming from living in New Orleans and knowing who Cece Winans is and her family um, and understanding she's a great example of someone who she's definitely had hard times. She's had struggles in her family, but she's an overcomer also. And so for me right now, the song, The Goodness of God by Cece Winans, when she does that live, it's impactful. It's important. And it brings me back to no matter what, our God is a good God. And he loves us. Let's listen to Goodness of God. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I of the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire and in darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a
What a blessing that song is, Melissa. The goodness of God. What more can we say about him than about his goodness at all times, even in bad times when we're not thinking, oh, this is this is goodness for, coming from him. Yes, all things are good that come from him. I'd like to give you an opportunity to talk to our listeners today about, has God laid anything on your heart that he would like for you to share? I'll tell you, Nida, that, that song does really sum it up. And I think when I'm sharing with other people, you know, I, I want to make sure they understand that, you know, it's kind of that moment where you think, well, I don't know if they understand, don't know if they can relate. You know, I think as the song said, you have led me through the fire. We all have difficult times. We all struggle. And so to be able to say, listen, your goodness, though, is running after me. There is hope. There is peace. There is love in God. And so that's the message that I think is so important to share. And all of my life, I know he's been faithful. There have been highs. There have been lows. And I don't know what the future is going to be, but he does. And I know he's going to take care of me. And I know he takes care of everyone. So I know sometimes people feel like this, but today, one day at a time, and realize tomorrow's a new day. And like we said, you put one foot in front of the other, you get out of bed, and you move forward. And I think the reminder that Cece brought to us about the goodness of God and the scriptures that tell us it's going to be okay. There's a future. There's a, a beautiful life ahead of us, whether that's here right now or whether that's eternally with God in heaven. So for me, I think it's very powerful to think about our relationship with God. And for those people that may not have that kind of relationship, maybe they feel like, you know, I'm not sure I'm really there. I'm not not sure about that. One step at a time, make yourself available. Surround yourself with the things that maybe interest you, that you want to learn more about. And that's why, you know, different devotionals hit people differently. Different church services appeal to different people. You know, finding yourself in a Christian atmosphere with people that can uplift you can be very positive. And some people have had experiences in their life that haven't been positive, but that's okay. We can come together again and we can say, you know, I'm going to try again. And so I think that having that opportunity to, to stretch yourself and think about how can I deepen my relationship with God? That's the message that I would share is what can I do today? Don't think about what you've been in the past or how long it might take you to get something done in the future. Just make a decision for today. As you're talking about that, and as I was just saying earlier, the fact that everything God does for us is good, although it doesn't seem good at the time, but he tells us in his word that he will turn it around for our good. So that's why I say even the things that don't seem so good and maybe a hardship or whatever, it's still good because God will turn it around and use it for positive to glorify him. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And it's fascinating the older I get, Nida. The more more stories, the more situations, the more myself or others, right? But you watch how God works in people's lives. It's fascinating to me because I do, of course, once in a while doubt. And when I doubt, I have to just shake my head and say, doggone it, why did I doubt? I knew better, but I did. And look what God did. Look what he happened to roll out for those people or that situation. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And so I I always say, the younger you are, just keep watching. Just keep watching because God is good. And those little God winks, those little things that happen are so, so amazing and so special. So building your life on that, I think the older Mm -hmm. I get, the more I appreciate what he does in our lives. Will you lead us in prayer? Absolutely. Nida, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the listeners that are out there who take the time to be with us. Thank you for the opportunity to share, just to share my perspective, to share some ideas to share the way that God has influenced my life and the importance he plays in the decisions I make and the way that I live my life. We all have that opportunity. We all have a chance to start anew, to start fresh, or to think about the past and cherish it, or to make a difference in the future. So thank you. Thank you that today is a new day. Today we are resting in the arms of Jesus. This world, no matter how how much is going on, no matter how much we feel like it might be different, so many things are the same. But the one thing that never changes is the love that God has for us. He died for us. His son was sent to die for us. What an amazing gift we've been given. 
Thank you, Lord, for that gift. And thank you for the opportunity to make a choice for you. Nida, thank you. May the peace of the Lord be always with you, with the listeners, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for coming to chat with me today, Melissa. This has been fun. Thank you, Nida. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for asking me. You're welcome. Yeah, it's, it's just been good to hear about your walk with Jesus. You've been such a blessing, not only to me today, but to all of those who are uh, listening. I'd like to thank you listeners again. I know I always say this at the end, but I truly mean it from my heart. I've appreciated your tuning into the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm